how you hold me tight and listen to my pain. Oh, mother, mother, give me all your Welcome McCall, aka Solstice, to In Her Image. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk today. I am too. I always feel edified and refreshed after talking with you on Marco Polo. I'm so blessed to call you a friend in real life. (laughs) Same. And I'm excited that a lot of more people will get to hear your love and light as they listen to this episode. So we just heard a little of your beautiful song, Oh Mother, Mother. Why don't we start by talking a little bit about that, how the inspiration came for this song and what it means to you. I would love to. So the inspiration for that song came after I listened to the Sharing Heavenly Mother panel, which you were in. I think it was the second one. And I had listened to it while I was on a hike by myself earlier that day. And I was making dinner and I just had these words come into my head of the song. And so I was like typing in my phone the words. And then I grabbed like the ukulele. And I started messing around with chords while I was stirring whatever I was making for dinner because it just came so fast. I was so excited about the symbols that I learned from that panel. And it helped me see where Heavenly Mother has been, where I haven't seen her before. It helped me finally put into words a lot of feelings that I've had about Heavenly Mother and my relationship with her, how I haven't seen her or thought about her for so long. And the reason why I haven't seen her is because I wasn't thinking about her. She was off my radar because I thought she was not there or not something that I could talk about or think about. And so that's why I started writing down those words. And when I write songs, sometimes the words come really fast like that. And it's just, I got to write it down as soon as possible. And then sometimes it takes a lot of time. And, and I still messed around with the words afterwards for a couple of days, but it was surprising to me how quickly it came and the, the music, how quickly it came, how it, was in a minor key and a little bit less holy as Mm -hmm. far as the sound goes compared to our hymns. (laughs) I played it for my husband and he, he was like, um, do you think it should sound a little more reverent (laughs) since it's about (laughs) heavenly mother? And I said, no, my feelings about heavenly mother, they're a rock song, at least right now. It's has a folk rock feel to it. How about we play the whole song now so that everybody can just bask in its glory? Okay. (laughs) 
If the baby never cried for her mother Would the mother not come to her? Or would she be waiting by the closed door Wondering if the baby would wake?
McCall. I love it so much. So much beautiful imagery. Your singing is amazing. I love the ukulele. <sighs> Thank you so, so much for allowing us to share this. It's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, I think that Heavenly Mother really comes through in our creativity. And I see that through so many other people's art and poems, which is, I think, one of her marks. I love that. I love that your husband brought up maybe it should be more reverent. And you're like, no. And I feel like maybe because she hasn't been taught to us in the traditional way, like through the church, um, maybe it sort of opens us up to expressing ourselves in whatever way feels most authentic to us. And it just feels a little bit less rigid, which is kind of nice. I've um, written some like slam poetry about her and it's the same thing. And I think maybe partly too, because we haven't been taught about her, you can feel, you can feel some feelings <laughs> when you start to realize that she hasn't been there and she's this truth. She's this actual being who we have not been taught about. So yeah, I, I feel that bit of fire with you as well. And I love the opening lyrics of your song too. If the baby never cried for her mother, would the mother not come to her? Or would she be waiting by the closed door wondering if the baby would wake? I think many of us who start to seek her feel that intense longing and wondering, and that can come with anger or frustration or curiosity or sadness or a mixture of all those and more. <laughs> so I love that you wrote it that way and that you used the type of music that you did. I think it, for me, it fits. Thank you. Yeah, I think there are a huge variety of emotions that come with this journey of learning about her and learning about her nature, the divine nature of the divine feminine of Heavenly Mother, and also learning about where she went and why we don't talk about her. I don't think it was any of her doing or Heavenly Father's doing. And that can be maddening. <laughs> and it still is sometimes. But she is there. And I see myself as that baby sleeping in my past just innocently sleeping and her waiting by the door. And it reminds me of when my baby is sleeping and I'm wondering when is he going to wake up and I go check by the door. I'm like, Oh, I hope he's okay. You know, and I peek in mm -hmm. and I think heavenly mother does the same thing, but I think she also lets us wake up when we're ready. And eventually the baby has to wake up, right? <laughs> wow yes I love that so much what a beautiful parallel and actually I think that's the first way I knew that you were a soul sister is you were posting about feelings and feeling some what we tend to call negative feelings about these things and I just latched onto that because I had been feeling a lot of rage <laughs> And I was like, can we Marco Polo? Because I really need somebody to talk with this about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's how we started our connection. So <laughs> thanks for being a rage buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, 
rage is something that Heavenly Mother has taught me a lot about. And I know that sounds crazy, but with this second time around with my second baby postpartum, my first baby, I had really bad postpartum depression. And then that morphed into postpartum anxiety that lasted for, well, I mean, it's still kind of going on, but I didn't go to a therapist for two years. And so I was dealing with like horrible anxiety for a long time. And during one of our sessions, the therapist said like, why, why is anxiety bad? Like, why do you label it as bad? And what she was like, what other emotions do you label as bad? And I said like, oh, anger is the other one (laughs) basically. And she was like, why? And so I've thought about that a lot. And the conclusion that I've come to is those aren't bad. They are messengers and they are very uncomfortable. And I think Heavenly Mother understands a lot about emotions. I think that's why us as women are naturally more emotional and we have stronger emotions and they're not bad. They are messengers to us and they get us more in tune with our intuition So with my second baby postpartum, I was feeling a lot of rage. (laughs) And at first I thought it was anxiety, but then I realized I was afraid to label it as anger because I was still coming from this paradigm that anger was evil. But once I started labeling those strong feelings as anger instead of anxiety, my anxiety dissipated. And then the anger was there to tell me, I need to change something. I need to put up a boundary or I need to communicate with someone. And I really feel like that was something that Heavenly Mother specifically schooled me on. Wow. That's really poignant. Thank you for sharing that with us. Hopefully that can give people a little bit of permission to just feel all the feelings that come up around this topic or any other And to get a little bit more curious about why we have those feelings and what they might be trying to communicate to us. So thank you for that paradigm shift. Um, Here we are. We haven't even started with any of the questions that I sent you. (laughs) We just love talking. (laughs) I know. I love the way that this has been going just naturally. But I would love to start a little bit from the beginning and to hear kind of your background of how you first started seeking her? How did she, how did your eyes open? How did you wake up? (laughs) I would say four or five years ago, that's when I first started getting interested and I'd read the gospel topics essay and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. But that's all we have on her. So I'll just come back and read this every once in a while. And I, I can't remember what I had posted in my stories on Instagram about heavenly parents or the divine feminine. I cannot remember, but a friend messaged me and said, Hey, you should listen to Valerie Hudson's lecture called the two trees. And so I listened to that, which was really cool. And I recommend it on YouTube. And then the video after that was Daniel Peterson's Nephi and his Asherah. (laughs) So good. I know. (laughs) And I was just listening to it because I was enjoying it. And then when he talked about how Heavenly Mother was symbolized as Asherah 
in the Temple of Solomon and in the ancient religions back then, I was like, what? Like, Heavenly Mother is there? Like, she's in our scriptures? And so then that's when I just could not stop. And I can't stop (laughs) (laughs) learning about her. And I feel like she has been guiding me in random places sometimes. And then I find her there. And all the symbols start building on each other. And it's been really, really cool. I love that. So what stand out of some of those meaningful moments or insights or things that you found along your journey? I guess something that I, I failed to mention that is extremely meaningful to me is before I heard Daniel Peterson's lecture and before I started diving into the scholarly research about Heavenly Mother, last summer, summer of 2020, I just started thinking about her more. Hmm. Like I wasn't reading about her or anything. I just started thinking about her more and I was pregnant and things were hard. We were dealing with just moving. My husband started grad school and COVID. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would imagine her just coming to sit and talk with me. I was extremely lonely. I would imagine her coming to tuck me in at night. And this was before I really did any research into the divine feminine. I just knew that there is a heavenly mother up there and that she really loves me and cares about me. And that has been really meaningful and that's something that I still do. So no matter like what I research about her and on like a scholarly level, I don't know how necessary that is. I I mean, I love it. It lights my fire. But just knowing that there's a heavenly mother up there and that I can connect with her and think about her and meditate about her, I've really grown to connect with her as I imagine her tucking me in at night after I've been up with my baby in the middle of the night. It's been really comforting for me. Thank you for sharing that. That's so important to remember that we can have a relationship with with Heavenly Mother without having any of the intellectual knowledge. Yeah. Interestingly, I think a lot of my meaningful moments have come when I have wrestled with, is this right for me to be searching her out? Like I can think of times where praying to Heavenly Father, asking like, I really love learning about Heavenly Mother and connecting with her. And sometimes I'm scared just because my whole life I've been told to not do that. And there's not a lot of people doing it. There's a lot more than before, but still feels like there's not very many. And those moments afterwards where I sit and be still, I can feel almost like both Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother saying, yes, this is good. And Heavenly Father saying, like, I love her. I love her so much. And it just gives me chills just saying this. But I really feel like Heavenly Father wants his wife, his eternal companion, to be seen side by side with him and 
see them working together and she is not on a lower level or this pedestalized woman that is more of a display. She is working and she is loving and she is connected with her husband. So whenever I have the wrestles, it's like when they both come to me and say, no, McCall, we are here and we are here together. And that means a lot. And I have felt both of them, like with Solstice, I never was planning on starting it until I was wrestling with it in May of 2021 because I didn't really want to have a public Instagram because it scares me. (laughs) (laughs) But I also felt like Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother saying, just do it, just start it and you will be surprised. And I go back and think about that impression. I remember exactly where I was sitting and what I was doing when I felt both of them sort of saying to me, just do it. Don't worry about what other people think of you. Just do your best to listen to your inner light to share goodness and do your best to listen to us, you know? So that means a lot to me because they are there for us when we do courageous things. And I was thinking about this today, about all the times that I have felt Heavenly Father there for me, and then thinking, well, Heavenly Mother was there too. But I never acknowledged her then. But then acknowledging her now, like when I went through a miscarriage a couple years ago, I felt Heavenly Father very near But now when I think about it, I'm sure Heavenly Mother was maybe even nearer because she understands that pain, emotional pain as a woman. Mm. That's really beautiful to think about. It reminds me of Carolyn Pearson's poem about how they are one. Fun fact, she was one of my professors at BYU, but I had no idea Oh, how amazing she was. This was before I was heavenly mother was on my radar, Uh but now I'm like, man, I wish that I like went and talked to her. Our class was like 20 people. Wow. I know she was a cool lady. I did love her class a lot. That's awesome. What was it about? I was a theater major for a hot second. And so her class was about like creating an atmosphere on stage. It was really cool. Okay, that is really cool. So her poem, A God Who Looks Like Me, Carolyn Pearson says, and you have to go read the whole poem because it's really beautiful, but just this little section here says, we are one that is two and two that are one. And the imagery is that she's looking in the lake and seeing her reflection and she sees the mother. And I imagine the their reflection of their faces, you know, merging and separating. And that's giving me a construct to picture like how they are separate and yet united, which we hear all over scriptures about the Godhead being one. Mm -hmm. So I love thinking about Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother that way, because of course, of course they are one. Like you said, they're eternal companions. They're sealed to one another and... I can just only imagine what that might look like. So, yes, I love picturing, looking back on moments throughout life and just picturing her there too. 
And I think mm-hmm. our language kind of limits us as well. I remember receiving personal revelation in the past about God, and it would come in the he form. Mm-hmm. And then later, once I started this Heavenly Mother journey, I would get the same impression, but it would now be they. And that gives me hope too, that even people like perhaps the prophet and apostles, they have this paradigm, right? This construct through which they see the world. And that kind of gives me some grace for maybe why, why all throughout scripture is it only he? And, you know, because maybe that's just how they saw it. I don't know. Yes. I totally understand what you're explaining. And I don't think I realized how important it is for me, which is what you do with the scriptures, changing the pronouns. I didn't realize how important it is to me as a woman to have it read in the feminine because I would just sort of like mentally switch it whenever it said man or he or whatever, but it, it does something different to you. I can't necessarily explain it, but it does make it feel more personal and the language makes it easier for me to see the divine inside of me. Kind of like when they'd say like, well, you're, we're made in heavenly father's image And that's true to an extent for me as a woman, (laughs) but it can't be completely. And so there's this sort of dissonance between those, what is true and what is said. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear that I am made in the image of my heavenly mother, that just ignites the divinity inside of me, you know? Yes. It's so empowering. May we share that language all across the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So how has coming to know Heavenly Mother shaped the way you see yourself and the way that you see other people? I see myself as more divine. I see myself as more important. Something that I really learned from her, and this goes along with the emotions too, but learning how to listen to my intuition that has changed how I see myself because I value my voice and my opinion and my thoughts so much more instead of always looking to other people and trusting in their opinions and voices more. And so I realize that I'm not perfect in the way that I see things, but I still have important things to say and nobody's perfect in the way they see things. (laughs) So Knowing her has helped me speak up and share what I have to share because no one else has the same thing to share. And so then that makes me see other people differently because I realize that only they can share what they can share. Mm. And we all have our own special light and divinity. And Heavenly Mother has helped me see that divinity in me and other people. You're so good at that. I love the way that you interact on your Instagram page and just in our conversations, the way you talk about others. I can really see that that's true and that you honor the light in others. And that is such a beautiful gift that she's given you. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. (laughs) 
So we've talked a little bit already about this, but just to flesh it out even more, what has been hard about this journey for you and what has been been rewarding about it? There have been hard things, doubts that what I'm doing is wrong because the neural pathways in my brain, you know, are that I shouldn't talk about her. Every once in a while, I get this feeling that whenever I'm really excited about Heavenly Mother, it usually happens after I'm really excited about learning something or some sort of connection I made with her. And then I get this feeling like, oh, but should you be doing this? (laughs) And this fear and I think it's darkness coming in to me saying like, this is distracting you from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And I try to tune in to the Holy Ghost and usually, not even usually, every time, because this is what the Holy Ghost has to say, learning about Heavenly Mother only brings me closer to Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. Just as central as they have been in the gospel, that's the same role that Heavenly Mother plays. And I'm reminded of that every time I have that wrestle. Another time where I have wrestled is when I'm hoping that leaders of the church will say something about her. And I recognize now that it might be a little unfair of me to have high expectations, which also makes me sad. But like one general conference, I was really, really hoping that they'd say something about her just because I'm like, so many women are talking about her and then nothing Heavenly Parents was mentioned twice, and those were big wins and so exciting and made me giddy, but also just made me sad because I'm like, how long is it going to be until we can talk openly about her um, in church? And then afterwards, I was just praying, like, how do I handle this? Because I'm frustrated and I'm sad and mad, and I just felt this feeling Like, I am laying the foundation for this. Be patient. It's happening line upon line. And just keep keep doing what you're doing. Like, keep talking about her. Keep learning about her. It's not bad just because she's not talked about a lot. So that has been hard. And those feelings do come up often of fear that this is wrong. And, you know, sometimes I get comments on Instagram, like she's not real. (laughs) And now it just kind of makes me sad because I'm like, she has done so much for me in my life. And I don't say this to them because I've learned that Instagram commenting wars really don't get anywhere. (laughs) But I just hope that one day they can expand their vision to see her because she is a huge blessing. But that's always sad and hard. And I think talking to people that I love about her because she's become such a big part of me, that can be scary. But then when I have opened up to them, especially people who don't really have her on the radar, but people who are close with me, it has been rewarding just that they listen, even though it's been really scary. So I would say that's like a hard thing building up to that. It's scary, especially because of the stigma that we have about it. 
A hard thing that turns into a rewarding thing, huh? Yeah. And I know it has the potential to turn into an even harder thing if they, you know, reject my thoughts and feelings about Heavenly Mother and shoot it down. But thankfully, I haven't had that experience yet with the people that are really close with me. I have had that experience in other conversation, but thankfully not with people who are really close with me. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing all those experiences with us or just being so raw and real about your journey and what's been hard and how you have felt about things. Another question that we had talked about before recording was how has seeking the mother affected your relationship with the father? And you've talked about this a little bit, but is there anything else that you would add? I would like to say there have been times where I have been, since I've been so focused on Heavenly Mother, there have been times where I have felt like, oh no, like Heavenly Father, I haven't been connecting with you as much, even though I still pray to you. <laughs> and I, you know, after those times, I kind of get this feeling of Heavenly Father saying, I want you to do this. And I love you. And I'm still here. And getting to know Heavenly Mother has changed how I view Heavenly Father and my relationship with Heavenly Father. Because now I not only see him as God and Heavenly Father in all the ways that I've seen him, but I also see him as like a divine husband to his wife. Mm. And so I'm learning more about him and his role as a husband and what that divine marriage looks like. And I know that he really, really loves her and she loves him so much. Mm, That's so sweet. I can't remember where I heard this, but I remember being encouraged by somebody, not me personally, but like in a class or something to just pray about how God the Father feels about God the Mother and just this like you will feel an outpouring of love and that just rings so true so true so McCall my last question for you tonight is why do you think it's important for her children to seek her Oh, there's so much I could say. (laughs) (laughs) Seeking her has changed my life, made my life so much better, elevated it. Just like I think my life would be changed and affected if I hadn't known Christ or Heavenly Father. But since I've grown up knowing them, it's been a gradual changing. And then all of a sudden getting to know Heavenly Mother, my life has just been elevated so much. Yeah, there's so much I could say. I think that there are things that a mother does for a child that a father can't do and vice versa. And I'm really thankful that I have two amazing parents that I know they're not perfect, but I see the divine father and divine mother in both of them. And if I didn't have my mother, there is so much that I wouldn't have in my life. And so same goes with Heavenly Mother and same goes for all of her children. It's not just me that my life is changed by having my Heavenly Mother. It's all of us. And it's hard for me to say specifics of how other people's lives would be better because 
everyone's life is different than mine, but I can say that their life would be better because a mother's love is so strong and it's so unique and it's so abiding. I have learned a lot from my earthly mother and my heavenly mother. My life has changed because of her, because I feel more important. And so I think a lot of women, if they knew her, they would feel more important and that they have something to bring to the table. And I think that, you know, if you're not a woman, it can mean a lot to you too, because, you know, I get a lot from my heavenly father, even though we are a different gender, (laughs) I get a lot from my earthly father, the things that I learned from them, the protection, the stability, the concreteness. And then from my mother, my heavenly mother and earthly mother, I get this creativity and this wildness and this joy and expansiveness. So I think that's something that she gives to everyone. I love that. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being so inclusive and recognizing that maybe not everyone will get the same thing, but if they truly are our heavenly parents, then of course there's only we only stand to gain from getting to know each of them. And like you've mentioned before, most of us have not learned a whole lot about the mother previously. And so it really is such a joy and so exciting to flood your life with this new knowledge of a goddess who is divine and powerful and all-knowing and loving like you've so beautifully mentioned. Well, thank you so much, McCall. It's been such a joy talking to you tonight. If you're not already following McCall on Instagram and you are on Instagram, look up solstice, S-O-U-L underscore S-T-I-C-E. Is that right? Yes. And there's an underscore at the beginning of soul. Oh, okay. Too. Glad you mentioned that. Because someone else thought of solstice before me. What? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the underscore is a pause. It's that be still moment. That's what mm. I'm going to say. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. This was really fun talking. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review. Tune in next Sunday for another inspiring episode.